Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Welcome to episode 90. Diesel engines have been the power source for commercial vehicles for decades. Rebuilding diesel engines is an important part of keeping these work trucks and off-highway equipment working, keeping the trucks on the road, keeping the equipment working. And today we're going to speak to Tony, who is the vice president of AFA Industries. AFA is an aftermarket engine parts manufacturer. I'm really excited to have Tony here on the show. Tony, welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Thanks, Jamie. Pleasure to be here. So you were a guest on our live program a few weeks ago, and and it's great to have you back on the podcast. We're going to continue our conversation about uh, the diesel engines, rebuilding engines, on the products that you make. I really am curious, though, from your perspective, how has emission regulations, all the changes we've seen, we've got more changes coming up. uh, I believe 2027 is the new target. How has this changed the way diesel engines you know, operate internally? Well, since they raised the cylinder uh, pressures and temperatures, piston technology changed. That's uh, one area that really changed. Um, they changed to forged steel pistons because they have to withstand higher temperatures that today would melt the older technology style pistons uh, in, in most applications because they were just mainly aluminum and today they're forged steel, uh, which is a lot stronger, a lot more robust piston um, that can withstand higher temperatures, much higher pressures. And that's one example. Another example would be electronics. Uh, Now diesel engines are controlled by sensors that are monitored by the ECM, right? Which is essentially a computer. So it can be programmed and you can change the programming of it and whatnot. So it's pretty much something that wasn't around back back around 20 years ago, right? So fuel injection technology as well. Fuel injector technology changed from mechanically controlled to electronically uh, controlled because that can better control the fuel injection uh, into the combustion chambers. So a little bit more complicated, more, more complex systems. And another example would be DPFs, right? DPFs have added uh, complexity as well to make sure emissions are cleaner which have changed the exhaust systems on commercial vehicles. A lot of change, a lot of a lot of advancement in technology in the last few years and you know when it comes to that change from the mechanical to the electronic from you know basically no after treatment to having a complete complex after treatment system that impacts manufacturers like you because now you have to change the parts that you make. So tell me a little bit about how you guys have navigated that over the years. Well, we have to keep up with the new technologies, right? Engineering had to be uh, up to speed at our company. You know, the core of the AFA is our engineering. Uh, everything starts with our engineering capabilities and know-how. 
So our engineers had to be up to speed with the latest technology and materials and manufacturing uh, practices, best practices. So I think that's the major focus for us was engineering, being able to adapt to these new technologies to be able to put out products that can meet or exceed the uh, current new engine environments or engine demands due to these higher pressures, higher tech, higher temperatures, um, due to regulations and, and everything involved and what comes with that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. When it comes to exceeding OEM specifications, how big of a priority is that when you're looking at developing a new product? You know, we have our own standards at the end of the day. And as long as our standards are met, we're happy uh, with the product. Now, we do reverse engineer OE products. We, we do look at the applications that they're in as well. It's not only just taking apart and trying to copy it. Um, it. There's a lot of application engineering that's done at AFA. So we understand the engines that these parts are, are working in, uh, the type of environments they're in, and the demands that these engines um, have on these parts. So yeah, we, we do start with an OE sample, just like many other companies would have to. And during the reverse engineering process, our engineers look for areas of possible improvement. And if there is areas of improvement, they definitely do. It might be, for example, I'll give some examples, maybe the coding, this type of codings we're using on our parts versus um, what the OE part has on it. And different factories have different methods and different different manufacturing practices or different codings that they use, which you would expect to have the same outcome or the same results as far as performance is concerned. So we look for, we have our ways, we have our um, nuances in what we expect from every different type of product that we come out with, be it pistons or liners or rings, gaskets. Uh, gaskets is a big one for us. We manufacture all of our gaskets in-house from, from little O-ring seals to head gaskets in-house. So we have that technology down and our engineers also carry all of that know-how into the other parts of the engine to make sure they meet the same high standards that we put out in our gaskets. Yeah, I, I'm actually I was surprised to hear that. Like, I would think that those gaskets and seals and things like would be outsourced to someone who, who manufactures those. But I can see the, the advantage of controlling the quality of that product and, and, and understanding exactly what's going into those products. So when you put that in a kit, you know what uh, it's going to do, what the performance characteristics are. And you have control over that. So it makes sense to me why you would want that in-house. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've been a gasket manufacturer since 1986. That's actually how AFA started as a gasket manufacturer. So gasket manufacturing and technology is our core uh, technology, our core manufacturing capabilities. That's what we started in. And, and it, obviously, we, we spread our wings and got into the engine parts that accompany the gaskets that we manufacture. Right. And um, yeah, so when we bring it all together into a kit, you know, the same quality and standards that we expect from our from our own manufacturing of our gaskets and seals, we expect also in our liners and our pistons and our rings and our thermostats and anything else you can name. We have such a broad spectrum of parts that we that we provide to the industry. We have a really good breadth of, of engine parts. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about your customer because your customer is rebuilding engines. So is it harder to rebuild an engine today than it was, let's say, 20 years ago? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think so because tolerances are much are much more critical due to uh, higher temperatures and higher pressures in the engines today in the cylinder itself. Let's we can stick to the combustion chamber here. Um, for example, in the in the past, mechanics could get away without checking liner protrusions 
Whereas today, the tolerances are, are much more critical due to uh, new cylinder head gasket designs and sealing the combustion firings. I can dive into that a little bit more if you'd like. Yeah, I'd, li- I'd love to hear it. And I, I think our audience would too. So in the past, you could just like a co- old Cummins 855 from 1975 or 1980 or whatever. Um, you know, most of the parts in, the, in there were made out of cast iron. Whereas today you have a cast iron block, you have a cylinder head that's got all different types of materials in it, you know, iron, steel, um, aluminum, nickel, all types of different materials. And all those materials react differently under temperatures and different environments. Whereas in the past, you didn't really have to worry about that. There were similar parts. For example, I said liner protrusion in the past. You could just throw your liners in there, not check the proper line of protrusion and um, you, you'll be all right. Today, you can't do that for one major reason would be um, like cylinder head scrubbing. Cylinder head scrubbing occurs when the cylinder head and the block have a small um, you know, vibration or motion that's occurring during while the engine's in service. If you don't have the, the, all your tolerances correct and everything check, checking out properly, you're gonna have you know, failure, head gasket failure, liner failure, something, something's gonna fail due to the, um, you know, improper clamping pressures or uneven mating surfaces. Like I said, in the past, you could probably get away with that. Today, uh, you can't. So let me ask you something, Tony. If things have become more complex, you know, last week we had uh, Vaughn Henson on the show, and he's the uh, chair of the uh, Remanufacturing Industry Council. So, you know, his, his whole mission is to really promote the remanufacturing of different products. And, um, when it comes to remanufacturing engines, that's what a rebuilder's in essence doing. If things have gotten more complex, what does it take today to successfully remanufacture an engine that perhaps in the past it just didn't take? Like what, what kind of skills do they need? What kind of technology? How have things changed? Uh, as far as reman's concerned? So, I mean, we don't do too much reman here. Most, most of our products are brand new. But your customers are re- remanufacturing the engines with your parts. Building engines, yes. Rebuilding engines, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so they, they have to understand all the new um, technology, all the new proper procedures to, to rebuild that engine. They have to get up to speed with the training because every engine has different uh, requirements of how to install the part and what procedures they, they have to take to make sure that it's a successful rebuild. Like I said, back in the day, you would have six head bolts per cylinder to fasten the head to the block, whereas today you got eight. It's, it's not as cut and dry as it was in the past. So keeping up with other engine uh, manufacturers' specifications, keeping up with the way that technology is impacting the design of these engines, that's really where it's won and lost for a rebuilder. If if they want to stay in the game, they've got to keep their people and their processes up to the, you know, the needs of the modern diesel engine. Well, sure, we would like them to, especially, or else we're going to get tons of calls saying, oh, I got a problem here or I got a problem there. And it's most of the time, it's the guys that aren't staying up to speed, aren't getting their new uh, the new training that uh, they need to get with these new engines that are out there. I mean, if a guy was building engines 20 years ago and he thinks he can just build an engine today without having the proper training or getting up to speed with the, the new procedures necessary to have a successful rebuild, and he still does just does what he always did in the past, he's going to run into a lot of failures, a lot of problems. It's time for us to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to discuss what truly differentiates our guest and his company We'll be right back. 
I just wanted to take a brief moment to let you know that I've been working with forward-thinking, heavy-duty companies as a business consultant, creating great content, helping sales use digital tools more effectively, and developing business growth strategies are the most common projects that I'm involved in. If you would like to work with me, go to heavydutypartsreport.com slash consultant. That's heavydutypartsreport.com slash consultant to learn more. I also work as a brand ambassador for great brands like Diesel Parts. Diesel Parts is a aftermarket parts cross-reference and lookup tool that makes it easier to identify parts than ever before. Go to parts.diesellaptops.com to create your free account. That's parts.diesellaptops.com. All right, let's get back to the interview. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and today we're speaking with Tony, Vice President of AFA Industries. Tony, welcome back uh, after the break. I wanted to talk to you really a little bit about your company. We've already talked a little bit about engineering. We've talked about the quality of products, but what truly differentiates AFA from your competitors? Wow. Um, so I know, you know, we mentioned quality. We really do have a strong belief and we're very uh, convicted that, about our quality. Well, if you if you didn't have that conviction and it didn't put out good product, you wouldn't be around very long. <laughs> I know we've been around since nineteen eighty seven, and and like I said, um, our quality is really an area of no shortcuts allowed to ever be taken. Some of our competitors may take shortcuts on certain items. We've seen that, and um, it happens. And 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 it doesn't mean that the product won't perform, but that's just something we never do. If a part, if a liner is a binetic liner. We only use a bionetic liner. We won't induction harden it, for example. If a piston is supposed to be a forged steel piston, we are going to put a forged steel piston out there. It's not going to be cast iron steel. Even the OEMs, a lot of the rubbers and gaskets that they use in their materials are, do not meet our, our standards. So that's an area where we um, think we differentiate ourselves. So, so to start with, it, it's, it's at least OEM, but in, in every area possible. You're trying to exceed OEM specifications. So that's that's one way. So what other things differentiate your company? Sure, our, our breadth of engine parts for the lines that we have coverage on. Our breadth is really from O-rings to nuts and bolts to camshafts all the way to a crankshaft. Almost everything in the engine we can help uh, our customers with. Um, it's, we have a really wide variety uh, of, of products to choose from in, in the engine lines that we have coverage on. Can I ask you a question about that? So in some of the other people that I've had on the show, like if they're manufacturing, let's say just after treatment products, you know, or, or other products, sometimes there's a situation where you'll have a lot of people manufacturing like the A movers and they really push that hard. Uh, and, and maybe the, when it comes to the B, C and D movers, there's just not as much availability. Is that what you mean when you talk about breadth of product where you focus on a wider range? And is that the case with other? Uh, suppliers of, of engine parts where they're just focusing maybe on the, the really high moving stuff? Yeah. So some of our competitors focus mainly on for, for certain categories in the engine, uh, overhaul kits and, and perhaps, and not offer camshafts like we do or water pumps, oil pumps, oil coolers like that, that like we do. So basically we have everything you need to um, perform a complete overhaul in your engine. And we also can help you with small items that you might be looking for, miscellaneous items like thermostats or, or bolts, uh, any gasket you're really looking for. That, that. So our breadth um, is, is pretty big. I mean, our catalog for Cummins alone is about 500 pages, just of mm -hmm. catalog of, of parts. 
so that's an area where I think we we kind of differentiate ourselves from some of our competitors. Let me ask you something about that. So so it's one thing to make the investment in having all of that inventory available. Like, how does that translate into value for your customers? Because I think that's at the end of the day, what's really important. It's It's one thing to have it, but it's another thing to talk about how that actually impacts your customer in a positive way. So give me a scenario where that breadth of product is going to make a difference in your customer's life. We'll have customers calling us looking for oddball items sometimes that that nobody offers or dealer only items that so and we will have the we will be able to find that item for them. Whereas it's it's not only what we have in our catalog, it's also if we don't have it in our in our catalog, we're going to try to find it from you with our resources, with our contacts. Uh, we have many contacts in the industry, machine shops, built rebuilders, a lot of reman facilities, just because they're our customers as well. So we, we essentially, we're also their customers. We, we leverage that as much as we can to give our customers the most service possible. So when a guy calls us for uh, rockers, for camshaft rollers or rockers or something that we don't really make or specialize in, we know that we have a machine shop customer somewhere in the country that's, that specializes in that, that can help us. And we love to help them by selling their product as well. You know, it's a, it's a way of appreciate, showing some appreciation as well. You know, you're our customer. You're still loyal to us. What can we do for you besides giving you that service and everything you need? We can also help you sell more parts. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you have like, for example, in that uh, scenario where there's a hard to find or an OE only part and you have that available, that customer then is able to service their customer and they look good. They make money. Uh, everybody wins. So I like that that real collaborative working together and, and, and being able to support them at that level where it actually will allow them to make higher profits and have higher customer retention and loyalty. So that's an important thing that should be emphasized. Absolutely. I agree with you there, Jamie. So when it comes to uh, your ideal customers, I, I assume that you focus on, on highway because you've mentioned Cummins, but do you also work with off-highway? Like, what's your ideal customer? Yeah, so our, our, our ideal customer is basically uh, is a distributor. And obviously, their customers are the end users usually. In the U.S., for example, yeah, most of our customers are on-highway distributors. But we do have customers that are off-highway in power gen or in marine or in mining or natural gas. We do quite a bit of that. And our export markets are highly off-highway, believe it or not. Um, and I think it's more, more or less because of power gen, uh, mining. We have a lot of customers overseas that, that do mining. And, and the same engines that, were, that are used in trucks, a lot of them are used in the different segments. So our ideal customer is the diesel engine parts or nat- natural gas engine parts distributor and supplier. In the US, commercial vehicles is probably our, our main market. And doesn't mean we don't focus on the others because we do. So I'd like to know, you know, we've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last few weeks and and I I like you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I hope you like me. (laughs) All right. We got a little bit of a relationship going here. That's good. This is a relationship business. No, but but in all seriousness, though, um, it's important to me to understand what drives people, right? Because at behind a company, behind that mission statement is is people. And this is a relationship business. So give our audience a, an insight into what drives you and, and why are you so committed to the things that you've already talked about today? We're all about providing robust solutions for the aftermarket. 
for the heavy duty diesel engine parts aftermarket, um, giving the second and third owner a tremendous amount of value, providing premium quality product at a much more affordable price than than the competition. And the competition, you know, you, there's other aftermarket suppliers out there, but the real competitor is the OE. I mean, they have the distribution networks. They have the the, the market dominance. For, you could say they have the majority of the market. So that's our that's our competitor, and we have to be able to provide a much more uh, advantageous solution to them by by going through us, going becoming an AFA uh, using AFA products, and backed by the best warranty uh, policy in the industry. Uh, so our warranty is. A, you know, huge for us because it's very robust. Uh, it's very clearly outlined on how you go through the process. And it comes down to whether the part's defective or not. Being able to offer a two-year unlimited mile warranty and backing that up, not just not just putting it, you know, in our catalog and saying that we do it and writing on paper. We, we actually back it up. And the reason why we back it up is because we have a tremendous amount of uh, confidence in our product to be able to put a warranty like that on there. Warranty is only as good as the company that stands behind it. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah, absolutely. So for us to be able to stamp that um, warranty on our on our products and and stand behind it, I think that's huge, and that really does help our customers make make a decision because our warranty is is a lot more. It's it's longer than the OEs. It covers more than the OEs because it covers parts, labor, and progressive damage. I don't think all the OEs cover that. And I'm not trying to sit here and, uh, you know, throw jabs at the OEs or nothing, but I'm I'm just pointing out the facts. And, and we know that the market needs that type of support, especially the second and third owner of these vehicles, where they don't want to go and spend, uh, you know, a gazillion amount of dollars to rebuild that, that engine or, or that truck, where they can find a much more affordable, much more value option. And that market's pretty large. And that's what really drives AFA to provide those solutions for, for those people. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. My name is Jamie Irvin. We've been speaking with Tony, who's vice president of AFA Industries. To learn more, you can go to afaindustries.com. Tony, thank you so much for being on the Heavy Duty Parts Report. My pleasure, Jamie. Anytime. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and I just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and <laughs> let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.